So God's word today, let us turn to Matthew chapter 17, verses 1 to 8. Matthew chapter 17, verses 1 to 8. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them, and the voice from the cloud said, This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground, terrified. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. And then we will turn to Matthew chapter 23, verses 5 to 10. So this is a... Everything they do is done for people to see. They make their phylacteries wide and the tassels on their garments long. They love the place of honor at banquets and the most important seats in the synagogues. They love to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and to be called rabbi by others. But you are not to be called rabbi, for you have one teacher, and you are all brothers. And do not call anyone on earth father, for you have one father, and he is in heaven. Nor are you to be called instructors, for you have one instructor, uh, the Christ, one teacher, the Christ. So God is the master. God is the master. God is the master. God is the master. He, he is the source of knowledge and wisdom. And there is no one who can instruct him or teach him. Uh, as it says in Isaiah chapter 40, 13, then there is no one who can instruct or teach him for he is the very source of all knowledge and wisdom, all instruction. Uh, through his teachings, he lets us know him and to those who know him, he leads them to eternal life. John chapter 17, three mentions now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So to know the only true God in Jesus Christ uh, is eternal life. And through his teaching, he allows us to know who he is and therefore enter eternal life. Our faith is to know Jesus Christ as our teacher, as our master. John chapter 13, 13 says that Jesus Christ is our teacher and he is our Lord, our master. To know that is faith and our faith life is living by turning our ears to our instructor and acting according to the voice of our master and Lord. As it says in Proverbs chapter 5, 13, and Psalms 11, 10. To uh, turn our ears to our teacher, our instructor. Uh, instructor. And uh, that is what faith life is. So today's title is The Kingdom uh, in Which Jesus is the Master. Uh, but what I actually wanted to say is the kingdom where Jesus is teacher. 
we don't say teacher um, often in this sense, um, and that is why the title says master. But what I really want to speak about is Jesus as the teacher. So teacher or uh, schoolmaster um, in, in uh, Korean, it indicates a higher authority or level. And um, no disciple is like his master because disciples learn from their teacher, uh, their master. And what's important is who you learn from. Uh, which teacher you learn from is very important. Uh, if you learn from a true teacher, then you learn true teachings. But if it's from a false teacher, then you learn false teachings. And in the past, when a prince was born, uh, they would receive royal education. So he uh, would have a teacher or instructor to teach him. And uh, he would be taught the uh, ways of a king. So, so he would be taught this, um, the, the way of a king. And they're taught this in order to become a king since young. Um, how they ought to speak and act and even think and how they ought to carry themselves. It was all taught. It's not um, by the flesh and blood. And uh, even if so, if not educated in the right way, then they would just be considered a mass of flesh, an animal. They have. So therefore, they have to be taught and educated in the correct way. So we see in the world now how it's becoming more serious, uh, especially with the millennials and Generation Z. So, uh, so we, we see that a common characteristic between them is that they don't listen to anyone, not their parents or teachers. So. It's, and with the introduction of uh, AI, the chatbots, their teachers are being replaced by these chatbots and uh, they choose their own chatbots as they wish and now with such information, uh, they forgo the knowledge and instructions of their teachers and parents. So no one to instruct them. So I mentioned many times that I came to the U.S. with a fantasy of how great it was as I lived in poverty and thought America was a place filled with angels. But we see uh, that's not the case as the years pass. And it's not just America, but the whole world. The future is bleak. It's dark and very sad. You can't see what's ahead. It's very sad why America has become like this. So crime rates are increasing and every, so wherever you go, you, you see even in broad daylight uh, criminals fighting with the police and nothing can stop them. Before Kennedy, America had not been like this, but after Kennedy we see crime rates increase. Uh, because after Kennedy, uh, they removed the Bible from the schools and um, America is a place of freedom, uh, individualism, 
and uh, human rights and this is embedded in the educational systems and that's how uh, we see America progressing and statistics say that compared to the so in 2023 uh, compared to the previous years um, uh, stats say that approximately 2,400,000 less students enrolled in uh, school, meaning that likely there are more students being homeschooled and their parents want to teach them because they re are uh, rejecting or uh, against pu uh, the public education system. And there were protests in Georgia uh, regarding this because in the schools, uh, it, it's not the same. Um, they teach uh, uh, something called wokeism, W-O-K-E-I-S-M. Uh, it, so it comes, so it's like, so it comes from the word wake, which is a verb, but woke is in the past tense. And uh, they're teaching such things um, uh, like this in the school. Um, so America had a Christian founding. Uh, however, as time progresses, we see such values uh, uh, being destroyed. For example, they're teaching about sex education and gender equality. Also about one's choice of abortion as schools are encouraging human rights and such freedoms that it's their choice. So there is an elementary school um, where they, it, it made me so upset and I just was just so upset when I heard this, that there was an elementary school where they showed uh, sex education videos. Uh, which is very detailed that even adults are uncomfortable watching but these elementary and middle school students were being shown these videos as it was made uh, it, as it was mandatory for their education and so many parents were against this and uh, and saying is this education and um and does it have to be taught at this age and in this way? So even with homosexual education as well, the kids are watching and being shown this and being told that this is their choice, that you have basic human rights and you have the freedom to choose your sexuality. And um, we see this happening in some schools. Also in the universities, uh, colleges in, in America, 40% of colleges are located um, in the U.S. That 40% of the top colleges located in the U.S. And um, America was proud of their education as having the highest education. And with Ivy Leagues and other prestigious schools, uh, we see that there are anti, their teachings are anti-biblical and anti-Christ. A very liberal and humanist as we see things progressing in this way and we there's no hope so um, according to some sources uh, uh, with the core subjects in school uh, including science math foreign language uh, 
American formal education was considered the top of the world, but no longer is it anymore as it is falling behind. Uh, the public education systems are changing. Uh, children are supposed to be taught in schools and receive the proper education, but but we see they are being taught the wrong things and we see these failures in the education systems and that's why I truly believe it's the end times. America was founded on the Christian faith, but now America is first to be corrupted, which will uh, then influence the rest of the world and we really see that it's the end. And recently, there was a strange event uh, called the Asbury Revival, which started in a university in Kentucky. So have you seen a video clip about this? If you have, raise your hand. Not many of you, it seems like. Maybe, uh, maybe it doesn't show up in your algorithm on YouTube because it's not in your interest list and you don't watch Christian-related stuff or the sermons. But um, it popped up in my feed, and um, so it was a bit about a revival in Kentucky. So some of you have been to Kentucky, and you uh, know that uh, this area is the most impoverished community. It's very rural, but there was a revival there uh, saying that Jesus Christ visited them. Uh, people from across the world uh, came to that town which con only consisted of 6,000 people approximately and it's so it's been three weeks since this revival which started in a chapel in Asbury University so there is a seminary in the school and the students uh, after the chapel visit uh, a few remained and they wanted to pray more and the praise team praised and then as uh, they were praising I don't know the reason but uh, they took videos of them praying and praising and posted them on social media and it went viral so this news spread so within two weeks uh, so this this room uh, that room was maybe the size of our sanctuary here, maybe larger, and for 24 hours daily, for weeks, they've been holding this uh, service where they continue to pray and praise. So when we bring newcomers, the, you, they're so disinterested in the word, but, but here, there are people who want to believe. They have their hands raised and they're praising. For hours, they're praising and uh, perhaps they might go out to eat, uh, but then they come back and for weeks they've continued this and there were even uh, concerns of overcrowding the, the town as it was just packed with so many people. And in order to get into the chapel, it was like a seven, eight hour wait. But the fact that they're waiting was uh, very graceful to them. So people on the streets are waiting to get in there. And how spiritually filled is it that this is happening? 
However, uh, one characteristic is that there's no word. There's no one preaching the word. No pastor, no church, no organization, no plan. And what they're doing is um, the speaker there or the host there says, until you feel the love of God, don't leave. And if you have not felt it yet, then come back to feel the love of God. So a majority of the people said in their testimonies after they attended that they felt the love of God and they felt peace in their hearts and they uh, felt freedom. So people are continuing to come back and forth and, and crowding this place. And I've been so upset because why can't we do this to bring people here? How good would that be? But there's no word, uh, there's no pastor, no teaching or instruction. Uh, there's no pastor to teach them. So they're free to do what they want, come when they want, leave when they want. There's no overseer. Because of that, that's why they like it, I think. Because what generation are we living in? It's Generation Z, the generation that does whatever they want, when they want. And not liking being told what to do. So, there, so there, there are people coming from all across America and even Korea and other parts of the world. And after seeing this, I've been in deep contemplation regarding this because in the 20s and 70s in America, there have been revivals here uh, within the theological realm. But uh, the revival we see with so many people flocking there, uh, there and these people are people who want to believe but the unfortunate part is that there is no word and they just come to pray and feel the love of God and there is repentance going on but is it the work of the Holy Spirit uh, and I can't really say or pass judgment because I don't want to blaspheme against the Holy Spirit. Uh, we can't know uh, for sure. But what do you think? According to the Bible, how do we approach this biblically? So now, uh, we, today, we want to look at the Bible and see what it says. So Adam who was in the Garden of Eden was commanded to not eat the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And he became the false teacher um, say, who deceived them, saying that you can eat the fruit and you will not die, uh, but you will become like God. And as he ate, sin entered and um, he and all mankind were hell bound. And afterwards, um, and all mankind became slaves of the devil. Uh, the false teacher. And with the false teachings, uh, we see the advancement of philosophies, uh, natural sciences with uh, religions, and all this n knowledge came from the devil. And uh, civilization advanced with such knowledge. Deuteronomy 32:28 says they were people without the knowledge of God. To the people of Israel in Egypt, God sent Moses to lead them out. They became the people of Jehovah. 
the chosen people of God, Jehovah. So he called Moses and instructed him to come up to the mountain where he was given the law on stone tablets. It was the law, the commandments that he gave to Moses so that Moses could teach the people. So for 40 days, uh, Moses didn't eat or drink. And in the mountain, um, he heard and conversed uh, with God, with Jehovah. And because of that, he, he was radiant. His face was glowing. Because his face was so radiant and he, though he didn't even eat or drink uh, anything while he was on the mountain, uh, he was just glowing. So after seeing this, the people of Israel were able to believe and uh, he, he taught them the word of God and um, was able to lead them. So Moses himself didn't teach directly, but as it was the fathers. So as we see in Proverbs chapter 5 onwards, it was the fathers who taught their children. And what they taught was the Torah and the Talmud. So they taught the Torah and Talmud to their children. And this was the instruction and education they received. And it was the fathers who taught their children. So speaking from an earthly perspective, uh, they were their fathers, but they were also their teachers. Uh, the instructors like the tutors who taught their children. And the content of what they taught was the law of Moses and the commandments. And it was the Jewish fathers who taught their children. And the children also had fathers who were also their tutors. So in the Jewish mindset, their fathers were their earthly fathers, but also their teachers and this was instilled in the minds of the Jews. And um, they were also taught, not just by their fathers, but the prophets uh, as well. And we see, we know Elijah, uh, he was a prophet. And how was he acknowledged as a prophet of God? It mentions in the Bible, he had the of the Lord. He had the spirit of the Lord with him as it says in 1 Kings chapter 18 that the spirit of the Lord was with him and he uh, delivered to the people the word of God. He would warn them of what they did wrong and for them to turn back. However, on the other hand, there were false prophets as it mentions in Ezekiel chapter 13 that there were uh, false prophets and how were they to discern who were false and true so there were the 450 prophets of Baal and 400 prophets of Asherah and Elijah met them on Mount Carmel to see who was the true prophet so in a democratic society it'd be the majority but here, who was truly the one sent by God and who, who was the true servant, the true prophet? 
So we see that Elijah said, then you call on the name of your God, and I will call on the name of the Lord. And the God who answers by fire, he is God. So when they called to Baal, there was no answer. But when Elijah called out to his God Jehovah and prayed, uh, at the time of sacrifice, let it be known today that you are God in Israel, and that I am your servant and have done all these things at your command. And, and then the fire of the Lord fell and burned up the sacrifice. And now Elijah he became like the king of the prophets. So he was a very significant prophet, a major prophet. So for the Israelites, what they needed was the, for their education, uh, instruction, they needed the law and the prophets. So when we say prophets, we think of Elijah. And when we say law, we think of Moses. And this was instilled in the Israelites. And then there was a prophecy uh, before Jesus came uh, in Malachi chapter 4 that remember the law of my servant Moses the decrees and laws I gave him at Horeb for all Israel see I will send the prophet Elijah to you before that great and dreadful day of the Lord comes so there will be a great and dreadful day of judgment but it says I will send the prophet Elijah to you before that great and dreadful day so Elijah was able to call out to his God Jehovah and uh, the sacrifice was burnt and fire came down. But, and what happened um, to him? He was lifted up to heaven. So as he was lifted, what remained was his cloak. And Elisha um, uh, was his disciple. So for the people of Israel, it was the law and prophets who taught and guided them. And Elijah was a major prophet, and he didn't ex he, he he didn't experience death, but was lifted up. So they believed that Elijah needed to come so that the true Messiah would come, and this was the understanding they had. So to them when Elijah would come was very important for when he came the true Messiah would come so uh, then someone appeared in the desert uh, and we know that it was John the Baptist and he said repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near and so there was a prophecy about a, a prophet to come and they experienced the 400 years without any prophets the dark ages and afterward Afterwards was when John appeared and they were uh, So they were the people of Israel who received the teaching the instructions of Jehovah through the law and prophets and out of the prophets they believed Elijah would come back and Then after that uh, they believed the Messiah would come and this was their understanding But in the desert there was a man who shouted to repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. And when people flocked to him to receive baptism, he rebuked them, saying, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance, and that they had to know what true repentance was. So, and John the Baptist was captured and was put to death. But what Jesus said regarding John, 
the Baptist in Matthew chapter 11, 10, that this is the one about whom it is written, I will send you, send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way before you. Truly I tell you, among those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Yet whoever is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. And then, um, so John had uh, said of Jesus, um, he is the one who comes after me, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. Uh, saying that you think that I am some great man and you welcome me as such, but you do not yet know that the one who comes after me is greater. And uh, the straps of whose sandals I am unworthy, that I am not worthy to tie, uh, to untie. And that's what John said. Then that is when Jesus appeared before the temple and said, destroy this temple and I will raise it again in three days. So what was contained in the temple? It contained the name of Jehovah. And when you said temple, uh, you thought of Moses. So temple, Moses, the law. So they believed that it was the instructions their earthly fathers taught their earthly children. So it was through the flesh and blood. So flesh and blood through bloodlines, um, as it says in John chapter 113, that through bloodlines, their earthly fathers taught their children the law. And that was what the law was. And if they listened well and obeyed the law, they would be blessed and be prosperous and live long lives. And there was also the promise that they would live forever in the land of Canaan. That was their education and what the law taught the people of Israel. But Jesus said, destroy this temple and I will raise it again in three days, referring to the temple of his body in the name of Yeshua. So it would be the one and only son who would teach them the truth. So it would be the spiritual father teaching his spiritual children the spiritual father teaching the spiritual children and that law taught is called the truth so the law of moses was taught by the, the earthly fathers and as a and uh, so as a fleshly indication uh, they were circumcised to indicate and symbolize they became the children of god but now it would be the spiritual father who would teach his spiritual children and if kept so if taught and then if kept that meant eternal life amen so this was a whole different level jehovah's teachings would would result in longevity of the flesh but with the spiritual teaching that Jesus Christ teaching the truth, it would be eternal life for the spirit. So a whole different level. Amen. And as we read in the opening passage in Matthew chapter 17, uh, the disciples, they were led up a high mountain, the Mount of Transfiguration. So it was uh, his, so his form was changed. 
and uh, they were so shocked as his face shone like the sun, and they saw appear before them uh, Moses and Elijah talking to Jesus. So it was Moses, Elijah, and Jesus. So Moses, Elijah, and Jesus. So to them, Moses and Elijah were very significant characters. They could, could, could not forget as they were servants of God, uh, the people of God. But then there was Jesus with them, and they did not yet know who Jesus was. Uh, so despite witnessing the many signs and wonders, um, they were saying, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and waves obey him. And um, he has a lot of power, and perhaps he's a prophet, is what they thought. But we see that Jesus uh, was transfigured before them, and then they believed. Wow, our teacher, now we know and believe, and we're sure. And what they said was, um, he said, I will put up three shelters, one for you, uh, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Three shelters meaning these three monuments to commemorate them because now they were sure Moses, Elijah, and Jesus were the same level and they were all uh, prophets, great prophets. Like They were like prophets who were born in the flesh, lived in the flesh and did amazing good works while alive and just died. And that's why uh, they wanted to set up these three shelters for them. But uh, then it says, uh, a bright cloud covered them, and the voice from the cloud said, This is my son, whom I love with him. I am well pleased. Listen to him. Listen to him. So, not Moses or the words of Elijah, but of Jesus. It said, listen to him. Amen. So we have to make these connections. How it could, the Bible could be so precise and accurate and is just so amazing. So now they just, uh, they realize it was just Jesus who remained. Uh, when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. And they were now confirmed. Uh, they were to follow the words of Jesus Christ. John chapter 14, 24. Uh, says these words you hear are not my own these words you hear are not my own they belong to the father who sent me they belong to the father who sent me these are the words of the father who sent me then in Matthew chapter 23 uh, we have read this in the opening verse uh, verse 8 but you are not to be called rabbi, for you have one teacher, and you are all brothers. And do not call anyone on earth father, for you have one father, and he is in heaven. Nor are you to be called instructors, for you have one instructor, um, the Messiah, and other versions says the Christ. And it says, so it says you are not to be called rabbi. So rabbi, which is teacher. So there was the law and additionally they added to the law, they enhanced the law as the self-proclaimed rabbis, the self-proclaimed teachers. 
But there was no reason to be self-proclaimed rabbis or teachers, for Jesus said, But you are not to be called rabbi, for you have one teacher, and you are all brothers. And do not call anyone on earth father, for you have one father, and he is in heaven. And nor are you to be called instructors, for you have one instructor, uh, one teacher, the Christ. So do not call anyone on earth father. So do not call anyone on earth father. So that that does not mean when you go home and you see your dad come home. It doesn't mean he's you don't call him father or you don't call him dad. Uh, what this means is that so to the Israelites at the time, by flesh and blood, their father was not just their earthly father, but also their teacher. So what this meant was don't call such father who taught you the law teacher because it says you have one teacher and one instructor and one father for your father is in heaven and he is the true teacher and uh, true instructor and what I speak is what the father speaks and therefore I am your instructor that you have one father in heaven the father God in heaven so the father God in heaven the word who became flesh the word who became flesh God who became flesh God who is the teacher became flesh and the words he spoke are the truth he is the truth, and Jesus Christ is the truth, and he taught such words. Here, the father and teacher are synonymous. So, who is this referring to? So, we have to make the connection that Jesus Christ is our father, and Jesus Christ is our teacher. Jesus Christ is our instructor he is our master amen hallelujah so now we ought to listen to his words amen hallelujah however those who could not believe this and were jealous were the rabbis as they were self-proclaimed rabbis who were honored and then there was jesus who was saying this and so therefore they couldn't tolerate and they hated him and um, so uh, they delivered him to death so when jesus christ died on the cross it was the self-proclaimed rabbis who killed the true rabbi amen the bible in the bible there is no coincidence here everything is connected and we see it happened according to the plan the dispensation of god the the law the teachers the rap the self-proclaimed rabbis put the true rabbi to death but the true rabbi who died and resurrected he uh, he ascended to heaven and uh, confirmed that he is the true teacher and he confirmed this with his death and resurrection and after he completed all this he said it is finished so according to the teaching of his father according to the command he laid down his life and what he meant was father you alone are my teacher for you have taught in this way and i have done accordingly so a servant is not greater than his master and jesus fulfilled this on the cross with his death 
Now, also with his death, he condemned the devil, the false teacher, the liar. Also with his death and shed blood, he redeemed mankind who were following the false teacher to hell. He sprinkled his blood into the souls, and those who receive his blood receive the blood of the Son, the blood of the Son, the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of adoption, so they become children of God. Amen. He then resurrected and ascended to heaven, and he is the Lamb who sits on the throne as the Master, as a teacher. and instructor as Christ who is the eternal king. Shortly after he sent the Holy Spirit who is the counselor and the counselor allows us to believe. So say amen if you've received the Holy Spirit. So if you have received the Holy Spirit then you're constantly reminded of Yeshua and his words. But many pastors, even famous ones, preach only about prosperity and blessings. And the contents of their sermons start in the Old Testament and, and end in the Old Testament. These are the called the false prophets. Whether you start or end with the Old Testament or New Testament, it must be about Yeshua. Amen. So, Yeshua, the Holy Spirit allows us to be reminded of the name of Yeshua. His name is Yeshua, and we are reminded of what He spoke, and this is what the Holy Spirit reminds us. And where we can hear this is in the church. Then in Romans 8.15, it says, The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves, so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. So the law made us live in fear, but we are free. We have received the blood of Christ, the spirit of Christ, and have become his children. Amen. Hallelujah. Now such souls are called and gathered in the church, so that in the church they are taught. The church is where we give worship. But not only that, another very important function is education. There needs to be nurturing. So regarding the revival in Kentucky, so I did not know how influential and inf impactful social media is, but, uh, but people drove 13 hours to get there, and then they're waiting seven or eight hours to get in the chapel, and for us, We know how hard it is to bring just one person to church, and I just couldn't bear this. We try so hard, but then there are these people who come on their own. Uh, so there are college groups going there, um, uh, groups going there. But, however, when we approach this gathering uh, biblically, So let, let's say that is the work of the Holy Spirit, but looking at it biblically of how the church was formed and what the church does, let's look at it in the Bible. In Acts chapter 10, Acts chapter 10:38. So this is uh, Peter who's um, pr uh, preaching. Uh, Acts chapter 10:38. 
how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil, because God was with him. We are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a cross. But God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen, by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. So Peter is speaking here of those who witnessed the death and resurrection of Jesus uh, to the witnesses and said, he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. So now with the history of the Israelites um, and the works of Jesus Christ and the effects of Jesus's death, he preached the gospel here. He's preached the gospel. And then verse, um, then we continue. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on Gentiles. For they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, Surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. So Peter, he preached the gospel. He spoke about uh, the result of the death of Jesus and believing will be the forgiveness of sins. And those who were listening, they received the Holy Spirit. So how would they know they have received the Holy Spirit? They spoke in tongues. So those who uh, were listening to the word. So maybe I'm not good at preaching as no one here is speaking in tongues as I preach. And uh, we here, we have to tell you to follow after me and to, to open your mouth. And, um, but as we read here uh, in this passage, the Holy Spirit came on them as they heard the message. So we see here they were all believers. Believers in what? Uh, believers that the Messiah would come and that when he does, they would be forgiven and be given eternal life. And that's what they believe. But he's the very one who was prophesied about through the law and prophets. Now, the priests and the temple, the sacrifice, all are pointing to Yeshua. So when we hear the sermon, we have to recall these various different verses and make these connections. So the, these people, um, so they were witnesses of Jesus and, and those who followed and testified that this man Jesus, who is the Messiah whom God sent, and that he is the Savior and he is the Son of God. The moment they realized that he resurrected and they witnessed his signs and wonders, uh, the miracles, and that Jesus Christ really resurrected, and by believing, they received the forgiveness of sins, and they were just so thankful for this message and for this gospel, and they started to speak in tongues. So they were Gentiles, so how could they so easily receive this grace? 
It's because they received the Holy Spirit that they could speak in tongues. And if so, is it by flesh and blood? Is it by bloodline? But it says, so it's into the Spirit, those who have the blood of Jesus in their spirit with the Holy Spirit as a sign, they could speak in tongues. So there was no reason not to give them baptism. And this is what the church must do to share the gospel to the souls so they believe in Jesus. So this is the model of the church. Do you understand? But then we see with these clips, uh, they're just raising their hands and standing there for hours. So there was a, a clip of a young elementary school kid laying hands on an adult. And then there's some woman with her backpack on laying hands on someone and then someone else lying down. But as we've seen the model in the Bible where it's the work of the Holy Spirit, we, we cannot be sure or certain and we cannot uh, judge them. But it's something to think about. It's dangerous because we have to do things according to the Bible. And what did we just read here? In Acts chapter 8, 14, um, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, so they heard the news that they received the word of God and they were received grace, and so they sent Peter and John to Samaria. So they went there, so the believers there who received the grace could receive the Holy Spirit. So this is how the church was formed. Amen. So it says that Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. So this is how um, the church was formed. So I, the soul, need to continue to be preached the word. For the church purchased by the blood of God needs an overseer to preach to the sheep, to instruct the sheep. But after he leaves, there would be wolves to attack the sheep. And as uh, Paul left, he said, Now I commit you to God and to the word of his grace. The word of his grace. I commit to you God and to the word of his grace. So the church is the place where the souls must be protected and nurtured by the word. So they are protected from the wolves. Amen. And not just uh, protected, but also nurtured by the word. So they don't feed only on milk, but solid food. So milk is easy to take in and digest. And so we don't just say amen, amen as lip service, but now we must eat solid food. And for to eat solid food, you have to chew. You need teeth to chew and digest. So solid food meaning the uncomfortable word, the burdensome word. So when you receive the word, it's not to be like milk and, like, and be easy, but it's burdensome as it's given as command. John chapter 6, 63, Jesus said, The spirit gives life, the flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of the Spirit and life. So the Spirit gives life, the flesh counts for nothing. And His words are Spirit and life. So these are the words of Jesus Christ. 
that Jesus does not give life to the flesh, but life to the spirit, which is by the words of Jesus. The words of Jesus are spiritual. And when we receive through our ears the spiritual words, in order for it to be life in us, we have to receive it as words to chew and digest, meaning we have to obey. John 12, 50. I know that his command leads to eternal life. So whatever I say is just what the Father has told me to say. So the words of Jesus, the words of the Father, the commands of the Father. The commands of the Father, the command leads to eternal life. That if you eat his word and you obey it, it leads to eternal life. Amen. So first, what we must obey is baptism. Because it's the command. It's, it's the first food we must eat. So now you have, if you've received baptism, you've obeyed the command of Christ. Wow, hallelujah. You have now received and obeyed this command. Does that mean it's the end? No, there are other commands. The second command is that on the Lord's day, what must we do? We gather in the name of Yeshua and in spirit and in truth, we give worship and service. And not only that, but as the day approaches, we are to put effort to gather. So as the day approaches, we are to put effort to gather. The more you gather, the healthier you are. The more you eat, the more strength you have. Isn't that right? No? The person who comes only once a week uh, might be very unhealthy. And the devil can simply just make that soul fall away. It's just a very easy business. Because he's very unstable. He's already dead. But about his command, I know his command leads to eternal life. The commands of Jesus Christ are the commands of the Father. The commands of Jesus Christ, the commands of the Father. The words that he spoke are not his, but the words of his Father. The command of Jesus Christ is a command of the Father. So the command of the Father is that on the Lord's day we are to gather and worship. And the more we gather, we are filled with his life and we can grow. And not only that, in his name, pray. Pray in my name. Pray in my name. And not that you pray because it's good or because he will help you, but praying is a command. Pray in my name. If you pray once in a while, or sometimes you pray and sometimes you don't, you are in a very serious situation. But pray every day like you eat food to be healthy and gain strength. You don't eat one day and then eat uh, and then not eat for a couple of days. Then, but you have to know that His command leads to eternal life. Amen. And. Whether in season or out of season, we are to share and testify about Jesus. That I am a witness of Jesus. This is a command. A command. It's not because it's a hobby or you have time or it fits your lifestyle. No, it's a command. You have to eat solid food to become mature one, to become heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. So very thankful for our Father in Heaven.
Our Father, Jesus Christ, is our Father. He is a Redeemer from of old and everlasting, and He is our teacher. Jesus is our teacher, my teacher. And what does He teach us? What He teaches us, we want to do as we're told. He is our teacher. So with Him, step by step, uh, hand in hand, like a teacher and child. He tells us you must do this and you should do that. And he guides us and um, he tells us as time approaches, you gather and, um, and it's beneficial for you to obey. It's, aren't, we, are, we are to be so grateful that we have a teacher who can teach us and instruct us in this way. That when I think of him as my teacher, all the more I love him. He's not just God, our Father, but our teacher. So when he teaches and guides us, I can go anywhere he goes. So if you truly consider Jesus Christ as your teacher and master, and you follow him, then you can become his disciple. So whenever and to whomever, if there is someone who wants to know Jesus Christ. So I think there are some people who want to go to Kentucky. And if there are such people, then I want to tell them, you do not have to go all the way there as we can teach about Jesus here. That if you have been taught correctly, you can teach the souls. Amen. Lord, open our lips. We have the knowledge to teach about Jesus and let them know who he is. So we have this knowledge and wisdom as well. But now give us the courage and confidence to teach whomever we meet so we can let them know who Jesus is. Let us pray.